Welcome to In the Room. I am your host, co-host. Co- co-host. Oh, actually, co-host. I don't know how you're supposed to say it. I am one of your hosts, Ryan Hughley. I'm 0.5 of the hosts. Of 0.5%. And I'm here with my uh, other host, my, my second half, my better half. Thank you. In the podcasting world, my good friend, Scott the Holthouse. one and only, Scott Douglas Holdhouse. Here I am. I've landed. I've here, I am. here I am. Here I am. <laughs> Everyone got their buds back in. Buds are in. Yep. That should be, you know what? That's how we should intro the podcast. It should just be us going, buds in. It's time. Yep. Yep. All right. The problem is, if your buds aren't in, you don't know what's happening. That's a good point. I yep. will brainstorm another idea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, this week, uh, we This have... week, Scott Holthouse goes Hollywood talking to a big record producer. <laughs> well, it technically he's in Nashville, so <laughs> okay, it goes Nashville, Nash yeah. Vegas. Yeah. No, I I had uh I had the joy of uh talking with Seth Mosley, um who is a Grammy award-winning producer, songwriter, um among other things, he's he's worked with people like Michael W. Smith, um, Toby Mac for King and Country, um, and the list goes on and on. And uh, but he he's more than just that. Uh, he's also mm. built something called Full Circle Music, um, which includes a team of um, of people who are producing music, but also investing in people who want to get better at things like songwriting, producing, and um, and and so we get into all all of that, but really Great. interesting guy. Um, we talk, uh, we actually talk a lot about some of the parallels between, um, the music industry and ministry. And, uh, and so it was a great conversation, but because he's a songwriter, I thought it would be great for you <laughs> as a song, as a, as a songwriter yourself yeah. uh, to share just a little bit about, um, some of your previous songwriting projects. <laughs> Uh, in other news, I no longer have a co-host. <laughs> <laughs> I yes, before I uh, planted a church, I was a uh, I was a worship pastor before that, and, and before uh, that did before that I was pretty into emo, and <laughs> as uh, we all were. Thank you, Dashboard <laughs> Confessional, who is playing in Salt Lake City on Monday night. No way. Yeah, Did you, I, I'm, just, I'm still not sure. I may be going. They have a new. He has a new song out. Have you listened to it? I know. We fight. It's awesome. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's super and good. Have you seen real quick? Have you seen pictures yeah. of that guy? He looks exactly the same. Yeah. Somehow he and Rob Lowe drank the same thing at a young age, yep. and they just don't yep. age. It's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. And his voice too. He's. He sounds like he's screaming, but he, yeah. he's been making records for years. But he's amazing. Anyway, uh, you you had a little singer songwriter yes. thing going yourself, didn't you? <laughs> I did. I did a one EP and one full length, and I don't really want Hello. to talk about this at all. Right. All. all right. Well, not just just what was what was the best gig that you had? Oh man! Or this your most memorable? Your most memorable? Well, I mean, I could probably talk to you about all my gigs in the next thirteen seconds. Okay. You there know was what? there was that few. You know what? We should talk about a wonderful gig that we had. 
as yep. the Ryan Hughley worship extravaganza. Yeah, which was not our name. It but was not. Should have been. But but, but there was are a you time. Talk about the when we opened for Paul Coleman. No, of that, the Paul Coleman trio. No, that was actually that was actually great. I skipped my high school graduation to go to that. <laughs> and, yeah, you did. And Paul Coleman was recently on Seth's podcast, The Full Circle oh, Music. He? Yeah, he's yeah, and it was awesome. World. I'd recommend that. But do you remember we led for like a youth group that met mm-hmm. in an arcade at a mall? Do you remember that? I do remember that. And I think there were maybe eight kids there. Maybe. Um, and we, we, so we led and, and it was a great opportunity to do that. But I remember you had, the guy had asked for like a CD or something and I hope he doesn't mm-hmm. listen to this. Show. It was a t-shirt, a t-shirt. Yes. It was a t-shirt that was like a Hanes, the most uncomfortable <laughs> cotton Hanes yes. t-shirt that said satisfied, which was the hit, so which we was, was the hit. We were pushing the yeah. hit. And, yeah. uh, and we forgot to give it, give it to him. And my memory from that night was him like sprinting in the parking lot to bang on our, our like van yeah. to pull over and to give him his t-shirt. Yeah. Here's the, the backstory that made that so annoying though, was in true youth pastor form, this guy had pitched like, there's going to be like 300 kids yeah. at this <laughs> event. And, and I mean, and, and it was like our source of income at the time. And so we were supposed to get paid to do it, which to my recollection, we did not, no, we got paid in memories. and there were eight kids. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, yes, it, paid was in memories is it was, it was a, got. it was a fun in hindsight. It was a fun, it was a fun memory. It was. Um, so yes, I did that recorded a worship album, Yeah, which is the whole reason that we're friends. That's right. Uh, so I'm very that's thankful. what we started doing together. I'm very thankful for that. Yeah. All right. Well, this conversation, uh, I really enjoyed having, you're going to enjoy listening to it. Uh, and so come on in the room for my conversation with Seth Mosley. All right. Well, Seth, thanks so much for coming on in the room. I appreciate you taking the time, uh, to do it. Um, uh, I, I've uh, just uh, explained to our listeners a little bit about who you are, uh, but would love to just start with where you're from. Uh, where did you grow up at? Yeah, um, I'm from Columbus, Ohio. I live in Franklin, Tennessee now. Grew up in a little tiny town called Circleville, which nice. is not really famous for anything other than pumpkins. Awesome. And um, and now the home of the uh, home of Seth Mosley. It's the I did make it. I made it in the newspaper this year. So oh, that was, sweet! That was something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I grew up there, and um, you know, always loved music. Music was a part of my family. My my parents weren't really musicians or anything, but they always would sing in choir at church and sing on praise team at church and. Um, I got my first guitar when I was in sixth grade, and I started playing in church and leading worship and doing that whole thing. Um, and then when I graduated from high school, uh, I got an opportunity to work in a recording studio up in Columbus, which was something I had kind of been doing through high school. I was recording my friend's bands in my parents' basement, and there was a guy that heard one of those. He gave me a call said you know do you want a job you want to come work as a producer and um i was supposed to go to college in nashville that was kind of what the route that i think my parents would have had me go so when i got that phone call for me it was like okay i'm going to college for music or i can just start working in it why don't i just start working in it yeah um 
And so I did that. My parents were not super happy about it, but that kind of led into uh, just a lot of just incredible relationships and experiences that really taught me all the skills that I need to do what I'm doing today. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we live in Franklin, Tennessee now with my wife. I've got two daughters. I've got a three-year-old and a three-month-old. That's awesome. So you guys are, you guys are keeping busy and, and have your hands full. We do. She, the, yeah, our three-year-old is is amazing. It's incredible. There's, there's this term three-nager. Yeah, yeah. That makes perfect sense yeah. for who she is right now. <laughs> I have uh, I have three kids. I have a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and then an almost three-year-old. And yeah. uh, and so we've experienced that twice now. And it's now it's starting with our two and a half-year-old. And that's a wonderful term to describe <laughs> that phase of life. I heard, I just heard it last week, three major. It's like, that's cause we didn't have the whole terrible twos. Like shoot, it was amazing. And then yeah. three kicks in and they're just so fiercely independent and want to do everything, but they can't do anything. Yeah. It's yeah. It's awesome. All of that stuff. <laughs> what, um, you know, you mentioned you always love music and you kind of grew up playing in church. I'm curious, what's the first, like, what's the first song or first record that you remember, uh, like really impacting you? Well, that's pretty easy for me. Um, the first CD I got was from Newsboys. It was a band called, uh, or it was a band called Newsboys. The record was called "Take Me to Your Leader." Oh yeah, and I got that. And I think I think it came out in '95. Uh, I probably got it the year after that. Is that and, the is that the one with uh, Shine on it? No, Shine was actually the record before. So okay. I heard that. Like I, I went back backwards and listened to you know going public was the record that one was on yeah i got i got sorry i got um i got the so going public was that i got the cassette tape of going public and would listen to shine over and over i still like i'll still like play that guitar part and uh (laughs) and yeah man the newsboys they were because i so i grew up in the church as well and uh and they're just uh yeah, they had they had a similar mark on me, so I love hearing. Yeah, that. absolutely. That's awesome. So you're currently now. I mean, you wear a ton of hats. So obviously, producer, songwriter. Um, but one of the things that I appreciate and, and enjoy about you is it is it goes beyond that. And so you have um, uh, first full circle music, which includes many things as well. And so would you just kind of, I'd love to hear um, how you ended up kind of uh, going the route that you have. Cause I know a lot of producer songwriters, um, you know, that they simply do that and, and are sort of uh, individual contributors and that's great for them, but you've kind of started something that seems a lot bigger than that. And so where did that come from and how did you kind of get to that place? Yeah, I, I think, uh, well, the first probably five years that I was in Nashville doing music was just myself, me producing my own records, playing on everything, editing everything, mixing everything. And I just got to a point where I felt like God was telling me I needed to, like, I was going to, I was going to burn out if I kept doing it that way. Yeah. So God kind of kept implanting this word in, in, in my mind and in my wife's mind, this is this word team. And I felt like we were called to build a team even more than we were called to build our own empire. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's where it started. And we, we really worked pretty hard to um, 
to brand that and that's that's what full circle music is it's it's a collective um that really just started with me hiring one other producer um who i had been doing work with anyways yeah but it's like okay let's actually make this a thing and let's make it a collective um so it started with that but kind of went way beyond that and the other word we kind of got a, a few years ago was mentorship yeah um and essentially uh you know, taking the successes that we've had, turning around and not hoarding it. It's there, there's this tendency in the music business. It's just in a lot of businesses, but particularly in a in a creative business like music, where it's it's unsteady. You, yeah. you never know what your next gig is going to be. You know, musicians are always kind of struggling to 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 make their rent. Songwriters um, trying to get cuts on records. It's just hard, really hard. So there's a lot of fear in this business and we just kind of felt like we were called as my friend Mia says to move in the opposite spirit mm. and let's just not hoard anything like there's the, we've, we've got really ultimately when it comes down to it there's no secrets yeah so why don't we just tell everybody what we're doing anyway yeah and it'll probably attract some cool people but really it kind of just started with God saying hey go mentor and we sort of had to figure out what that meant and it's materialized into a thing that we do called the Full Circle Music Academy. Yep. That uh, is an online resource, but it's also a series of weekend events, um, songwriters retreats, production retreats, and yeah, we have online courses now as well too. So, um, and that, yeah, that's Full Circle Music Academy. But then after that, we kind of felt like, okay, we got this. We've got this team. We've we've got this mentorship aspect. We felt like we were supposed to have one more element and that was ownership. So team mentorship and ownership. And for us, that meant, um, you know, labels will hire us to, to work with their artists all the time. They'll call us and say, Hey, we've got this artist. Will you help them write songs for their new record? Yeah. And that's great. We still love doing that. We still do it a ton, but we felt like we were, we were called to take a little more ownership and sign our own artists sign, uh, and start a pub. So we started a publishing company and a record label, and that was around an artist named Matt Hammett, who um, you, talk, you you asked about like what what were the first CDs. I mean, Sanctus Real was um, a band that I grew up listening to. Yeah, and Matt was the lead singer for that band, and he ultimately was the one who ended up, um, you know, say, bugging me enough until I started this thing because yeah. <laughs> we had already had a relationship. And he was like, "Man, if you ever start a publishing thing, let me know. If you ever, you know, they ever start a publishing thing, let me know." And then. We got into that. And he's like, well, I feel like I want to make a record. Can you we start a label? And so that's kind of where that um, came from. God really used that in, in in a way bigger way than Matt probably even even knows. But um, so those are kind of all the elements. And then uh, me and my wife also do real estate investing on the side as well too, because we're we're just really passionate about. Um, you know, doing things different, yeah, and taking ownership of things, and real estate investing is one of those things that um, can give you stability in a crazy industry yeah. financially. That's smart. Um, yeah. So we're trying to teach our friends and other people that come through the business and have success. Okay, you, you actually need to just like don't don't count on this being there in ten years. You need to like be smart with it. So yeah, yeah. It. I think that was one of the first things I noticed. So I I came across the podcast and. Um, and then some of the resources you guys put out. And I think I was like, 
I kind of was like, are they really, is this really like, they're just giving this away, you know, are they really just like sharing this stuff? Cause it's stuff that I've always, so I've always, I've have a passion for songwriting for, um, uh, producing music. And so always looking to grow and learn, um, learn as much as I can from people who are really great. And, uh, and so when I stumbled across it, I was like, wow, this is, it's definitely, it's definitely flying in the opposite direction of, of what typically happens. Was there, were you ever afraid that like, this is going to crash and burn as far as like, maybe there's a reason people don't go in this direction or did you, or were you like pretty confident from the beginning? No, I I think we've always been pretty confident just knowing that, Hey, I I know what the other way has been. I've experienced the environments where you walk in and it feels competitive. It feels fear-based. It feels, um, like people are hoarding success, hoarding, uh, you know, successful artists. Like, um, so we just knew like, that's not what I want to be associated with. I don't think that's a kingdom way to operate. Yeah. Um, I've been really inspired just by our church, the belonging. Uh, Henry and Alex Seeley have have been huge, you know, spiritual leaders in our lives, and that's something that is just an absolutely beautiful thing in our church that I have not seen in any other churches. Um, that when we get up and do like a songwriters panel at the conferences, we spend the whole time just talking about how much like championing each other. Yeah. We're not tooting our own horns. We're not. It's 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 it really is a. Um, a, a collaborative community. So we knew from the beginning that wasn't the way we were going to do it. Yeah. And the fear, the fear that most people have, and, it, and it's actually a really valid fear is that what if I teach somebody my stuff and then they take my job? Yeah. And that's a valid, that's a valid question, but I don't think ultimately as believers, it's our job to determine, you know, where our success comes from. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard, yeah. Everything comes from God anyway. So it's just, turning it back and saying, God, I'll be a steward of it and I'll give it back. Yeah. I've heard Craig Rochelle talk about not necessarily a prosperity, um, theology, but an abundance theology that, um, that God has like plenty for everybody. And it's interesting. It's interesting because I think that, um, I actually think a lot of ministries and a lot of churches could take a huge cue from what you guys are doing in giving away, um, the best of what you do and giving away, here's how we do this and here's how we've been successful. And, uh, and yeah, it's something that I think the more, the more can happen. It's like the whole thing, right? The rising tide lifts all ships. And, uh, and, and yeah, that's something that as pastors are listening to this, I think to even encourage them to take a cue from what you guys are doing, because for somebody like me who, um, you know, I'm not in, uh, in the, in the Nashville area and I don't necessarily have friends that I could, uh, um, you know, tap into that wisdom. Uh, it's been a huge benefit and, uh, and been super helpful. So. Yeah. But, and, and it ultimately comes down to that question of whose empire are you ultimately building? Yeah. I think there are a lot of just incredible churches out there that are really good at building their own empires. Yeah. Um, it's more about their brand than it actually is about the collective kingdom as a whole. Um, and that's, I don't say that to be judgmental. I'm just, you know, say, call it, call it what it is. Yeah. Um, a lot of pastors nowadays are extremely good marketers. They're extremely good communicators and attract people because of that. Um, what I don't see a lot of, but what I do appreciate in our church is that 
entertainment and marketing comes secondary. We do everything with a really high quality bar. Yeah. But the the point is not to build our own empire. The point is like, hey, that's the, the the kingdom is way bigger than myself. It's way bigger than Full Circle Music. It's way bigger than my church. It's way bigger than like. So if it means giving something away, like it's not ours in the first place. Yeah. It's interesting too. So if you take an example of, so you guys at full circle and then the belonging as well, uh, as you adopt that attitude, I mean, God to, at least from, from, from an outsider's perspective, it seems like God is blessing that big time. Um, and, uh, and it seems like it's just exploding. And, uh, and I do, I think that, that, that attitude has a huge, has a huge part in why that's happening for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a generosity mentality, and I love that. Just what you said earlier, like it's a mentality of there's plenty to go around for for everyone. It's abundance. It's not poverty. Yeah. Uh, there's this other mentality of there's not enough, so we have to hold on to what we have. But ultimately, who's the provider anyway? Yeah. Like he has more than enough. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So if we live like that, that manifests itself in generosity. Yeah. It manifests itself in not living out of fear. Yeah. Um, it manifests itself and just, I mean, it's the, it's spirit. It's right. It's, it's just kingdom, kingdom living. Yeah. It's fairly simple. No, that's awesome. Um, one of the things that I know I've, I've heard you talk about, um, on your podcast and that sort of thing is adding value to others and how, uh, especially people who might be trying to, whether it's break into the music industry, but I think the same applies even to people looking to um, get involved in, in ministry. Um, similar to you, I didn't go to college. Uh, I started right into, I started leading worship right away. Fist, fist bump yeah, through the, through the yeah. camp. <laughs> my, my parents too were skeptical, except uh, I think they really appreciated the idea of not having to pay for college. And so... <laughs> <laughs> they bought me a laptop instead, and uh, and I just got way to way better investment. Totally, it really I was. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, I I started right away uh, interning. I started really I I as much time as I could get at the church, leading worship. Um, you know, playing guitar, whatever I could do, I started to do that. What, what would you say, like, what are some mistakes you see people make when they're trying to get involved in basically in something that they have a passion for, then the, they, they want to follow that passion. And they know that ultimately I want, you know, they want to make it a living, whether it is songwriting, producing, whether it's ministry, pastoring, what are some mistakes you see people make in trying to get where they want to be? Man, I think we see it. We see it in, even in our church a lot. Like new people come in and they're like, "Yeah, you know, I've got this calling. I went to Hillsong College and I'm ready to be on stage leading worship." So yeah. you put me up there. Like, yeah. Put me in coach. tomorrow. Uh, yeah, <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> and everybody wants the the spotlight, but nobody wants to serve. Um, I think ultimately you have to go in with the mentality of being a servant before anything. It's what can I give, not what can I get out of it. Um, Again, ultimately, God's going to be the one opening the doors anyway. So yeah. my encouragement is just, you know, start by finding what what are what are some of the problems in in that organization, and how can you be a part of solving them? Yeah. Uh, for some for some churches, that may be, hey, our kids ministry 
is terrible. We need help there. Like plug yourself in there. Maybe the parking situation sucks. So like, I just, I love our church cause you can go there and it's one of the few churches you can go there and the parking ministry is probably all like famous people that you've heard on the radio. Yeah. They're leaving like, for they tour care. next week and they're, they're doing park. They don't care. Like if yeah. there's just no ego. It's awesome. Um, so just viewing each each thing as hey that's that's ultimately extremely important. It's not that the person on the stage is any more important. It's just that's sort of where they're at right now. Yeah. Um, and the reality is they've probably worked really really hard, probably harder than everybody else to get there. You know. Yeah. Um, so just looking for ways to come in and give, not to take. I, I think that's in a church, but that's in a business relationship. That's if you want to. Um, you talked about internships. I love internships just for the value that you can bring to a company. But if you're bringing a ton, it's going to be reciprocated. Yeah. Ninety-nine percent of the time, it's going to be reciprocated one way or the other. Because when they're looking for that person to hire, you're going to be the first person that pops up on their radar like okay well that guy's been around he's he shows up before we get there he shows he leaves after we leave and he's then he doesn't have to like he just is the servant and um those are the people that we're honestly as a company looking for it's it's not the people that come in trying to um brag about accomplishments or achievements or toot their own horn like those people those meetings are over really quickly yeah like, we just don't have time for that yeah um, so just put just putting your ego aside and let you know. I think a lot of it takes patience too, right? I sure. Because the end the end goal doesn't always happen overnight, and sometimes it never happens. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Barry from the band Mercy Me, who we interviewed on our podcast, uh, he said, you know, with musicians, it's this thing of move to Nashville and stay for seven years. At year seven, you'll probably be settling in. Yeah. <laughs> So it just takes a long time, but just keeping that servant mentality. Yeah. People probably want, want month seven versus year seven is my guess. They want, they, they want hour seven. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's a relationship. I mean, you can't just, you know, people, people hire people and they, they appoint people to, to certain leadership roles because they trust them. Yeah. Um, trust is not something that you just establish overnight. Yeah. It's, something that has to be established over years of just being consistent, showing up, serving and being in it to give back to other people. How important then do you think it is to not necessarily love, be in love with the end result, um, but to be in love with the process? Because when you talk about, you know, it being seven, so, so, general advice. It'll take seven years after you move to Nashville. That's a long time if you're in love with the end result rather than the process. And I think of business, I think of ministry, I think a lot of those things. Um, how, so how important do you think that is? Well, I think you just said it. It's a thousand percent important. If, if the end result, like just, just throw out the end result. The end result is not the goal. Mm. Like the, the, the goal is not the goal. Um, you're going to fail if that's, if that's why you're in it for a goal or for a chart position or for a job or for a ministry position in a church. The process has to be what it's about. You have to learn. If you if you don't love it, you got to learn to love it. Um, yeah. 
you know, it's it's walking through life with people. It's the mundane stuff. And 90% of the process is going to be fairly boring. Mm. Like, I mean, when you talk, when we talk to people on Full Circle Music Show and, our, you know, interview people who are successful, you're, you're, you're kind of seeing the highlights reel, you know? Yeah. Um, 90% of their life is actually fairly, probably really similar to everybody else's. It, yeah. It's not like a thousand, you know, it's not like every single hour of the day is... Um, spent crafting hit songs or hit sermons yeah. or writing hit books. It, it's just not that. But 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 most people um, they want that end result more than they learn to love the process. So that's that's where you're going to fail. Um, so I think I think and I think it's gonna it, it's one of those things where it, people weed themselves out over time because yeah. they figure out oh, I don't I don't love this enough to stay in it. Yeah. Songwriting is such, is the quintessential example of that. I think I think a lot of ministry there's a, there's a parallel there. Yeah. Uh, because there's a lot of church ministry that is just pretty you know it's mundane stuff. It's it's um, just walking through life and setting up chairs and tearing down chairs and years of just showing up. You know. Yeah. But yeah, you have to love the process. Yeah. No, that's good. Um, one of the things that I was thinking about in as as we were going to talk is um, is getting better at your craft because I think that is um, that can be such a huge part of the process and I I think of like when I want to get better at something I want something tangible to like work on here's what like I I, I want to do something that I know even even if it's a small step I want to take those steps um, and so what are some ways for you that as you look back over the years and um, you know, the place you're at today, what are some things you've done to get better at your craft and to grow in what you do? I think the biggest thing is to calendar it. Like whatever your craft is, you have to master it. And and the craft has to be as important as falling in love with the process. And the only way to do it is spending a ton of time with it. Yeah. Um, we, we had um, Ginny Owens at one of our songwriting retreats, who was another artist I grew up listening to, and yeah. just a brilliant, prolific songwriter. Um, but she said, you know, you really got to treat your songwriting or whatever your craft is as your friend. Like, songwriting is a journey with a friend. And how do you get to know that friend better? You spend tons and tons of time with them. And how do you spend tons of time with them? You have to put it on your calendar. Mm. A lot of people think of their craft as... Uh, like a hobby or something like, oh, when I have time to get around to it, I'll do it. But you just won't. Yeah. You have to, um, if you're not already using iCal or Google, uh, you know, Google Calendar, sign up for it like now. Yeah. And pause just, the podcast and go sign Pause up the for podcast, yeah. pull over the side of the road or, or stop get doing off, dishes. Get off the treadmill. Get off the treadmill <laughs> and start a calendar. Um, you know, a lot of people listen to this probably have a nine to five, you know, job, maybe, maybe not doing that craft. So you may have to wake up a couple hours earlier every morning. Yeah. But just putting it on your calendar, um, it's, it's that whole thing of your calendar is going to tell me if you're a songwriter or not. Yeah. Jason Ingram said that. And I, I quote that all the time. Your calendar is going to tell me if you, um, are committed to the craft. Yeah. So what steps, uh, and I'm just, I'm curious myself in, in regards to songwriting. So let's say your calendar is really solid and you give, you know, you give four to four to six hours a week 
outside of, you know, your normal job writing songs and you've been plugging away at that. Um, do you think like what I, I think of the, so, so some people just need to start, but then there's some people where it's like, they're in the in-between where they've, they've done that. And they're like, so what do I, what should I do now? You know, um, what's your, what's, what's like the next step that you've seen people take to continue to, to, yeah, continue to get to the next level. And I'm not necessarily talking about, um, you know, a publishing contract, but just like from, I write songs and they are received well by my church or by the people I show them to. And it's been, you know, they, people say, Hey, I think there's something there. Like, where do you go next from there? Yeah. I, th- I think if you've been doing it for a long time and you can honestly say, cause regardless, I, I think Malcolm Gladwell's point of the, you know, the 10,000 hours. Yep. Like yeah. you heard that. Um, I think that's true. So if somebody's spending four hours a week on it, it's going to take them a lot longer to get there than somebody who's pursuing it for 40 hours a week. Yeah. You just have to know that. Like if you can't, if you can't commit a ton of time to it, it's just going to take longer. Um, because momentum, um, the relationships. Um, but so if you're, if you're doing it and you've been doing it for a long time and you feel like you're just kind of butting up against the wall, it can really only mean, um, you know, a few things. Number one, uh, and this is one that most people just don't want to accept. You're just not good enough yet. Mm. That's, that's the reality for some people. You're just not good enough yet. It doesn't doesn't mean you're not good enough period, but yet. Yeah. Yeah. And not be ready yet. Um, it could also mean that you're in the wrong lane. Uh, a lot of people I've seen, um, man, just my, my friend, I'm going to brag on my friend, Sam Tenez, who is another guy we had on our podcast. And I just wrote with him this week, just as an absolute incredible person goes to church with us and is crushing it, writing music and pop and film and TV. And you've heard of stuff in like the Olympics and walking dead and Spider-Man and just on and on. But yeah, he like, he did Christian music for a long time and never really found just massive success. I mean, he was successful. He was in a nationally signed band and touring and and had a publishing deal and, but really didn't start seeing the success where you can like feed your family off of it Hmm. kind of success until he switched lanes. And he absolutely loves what he's doing now. It's like second nature to him. Just and it's not even that he's doing something completely different. It's just he's still doing music. He's still writing songs. He's just not writing in Christian music that much. Yeah, he's a Christian. He's a believer, but he's writing for film and TV. He found that that was his lane. Yeah. So my advice is is you know, and number one, just to find out if you're good enough. Get you know you kind of you you have to have people that are willing to give you honest feedback. Mm. Because most people aren't like your friends will just tell you what you know whatever you want to hear, but but go to strangers who have never heard your stuff before, yeah, and let them say is it good or not, you know? Yeah, yeah. I would. Uh, so I was a part of planting a church uh, about nine years ago, and um, loved to write original music, and we would do we would do songs that that I got enough from friends and people that were close enough to me that they were like, yeah, that's good. We should do that on Sunday. I would do it, but I would never want anyone to say that we wrote it because I found that people would, it was like the, it's like when your kid gives you a painting 
that's like not a good painting, but you're like, yeah. that's amazing. Cause you're my kid. Um, I, yeah. would, I would be like, Hey, don't say that this, like that we wrote this here because I want people to tell me if they're like, eh, it's not great. Um, yeah. you know, not, not fear offending me and that sort of thing. Yeah. That's that you have an honest inner circle of people that you can like create your own focus group. I think that's a big thing. And that can just mm. be some friends that you meet that like, you know, you can be honest with and can be honest with you. Yeah. Um, so, and, and measure that over time. Like, I think, I think that's what kind of helps you get better. So I would say like, create that if you don't have that. And the second thing is maybe just try switching lanes. Just like my, my friend Sam did. If you're beating your head up against the wall, trying to do the same thing over and over again, remember the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting too. I think, uh, a lot of what we've talked about has really, um, there's, there's so much correlation between, uh, songwriting, music production, music industry, but ministry as well. Cause I think of, I know I can think of people right now who spent years maybe trying to preach and it just was so hard for them, stressful for them. And just the results weren't great. And they switched to more of a, uh, counseling one-on-one pastoral care thing. And, uh, they just like came alive and were incredibly yeah. successful. And, uh, so that's a good word for sure. Yeah. There's a lot of people that are like, maybe I'm like, trying to be that guy on the stage, but they maybe are not even meant to be that person. They might be meant to be the counselor, like you said, to sit in those one-on-one, or they might meant to be like, they might come alive in homeless ministry. Like, um, there's just so many different lanes. So I I think try other lanes, you know? Yeah. Well, that's great. Well, I want to make sure before we, before we end, I want to make sure to give people, um, plenty of opportunities to connect with you, connect with full circle music, what you guys are doing. So what's the best place to send people to, I know you just recently released the music production mastery course. Um, and, uh, and that's probably one of 50 projects that you guys have going on. So, (laughs) what's it, where's the best place people can find out more about you and what you guys are doing? Yeah. So, I mean, immediately we, we've got, we do have some courses available. Those are at full circle courses.com. Cool. Um, people can, you know, check out our stuff there. And we also have uh, a website that links to our podcast. That's a, just an awesome free resource. Yeah. I'd highly recommend, uh, I'm a listener myself and would. Yeah. So even just, you know, obviously make sure you're subscribed to, to Scott's podcast that leave, leave him a rating review that helps, helps us a ton. I'd encourage listeners to do that right now for your show, you know? Yeah. I appreciate Uh, that. And, but yeah, check out ours as well. It's just full circle music show. If you're on iTunes or any, wherever you listen to podcasts. Awesome. Cool. Well, Seth, I appreciate you taking the time to do this. And, uh, yeah, I know that there's, there's a lot that, um, that I personally found helpful. And so selfishly, I'm really thankful. And I know that our listeners, um, will as well. So thanks so much, man. Well, I, I appreciate you saying that we, we, uh, we don't do it just because we need another thing to do. We, <laughs> yeah. we do it because we want to create stuff that's actually of value. We want to add value to go, yeah. go back to the thing that we talked about earlier. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, thanks so much. 
All right. Well, my thanks to Seth for taking the time uh, to talk. You can check out everything that Seth has going on at fullcirclemusic.org. You can also find him on social media, uh, Seth Mosley, um, at at most of the platforms. Um, But yeah, my my thanks to Seth. Uh, Really enjoyed uh, the conversation. If you want to keep up uh, with us, you can find me on all the social media platforms uh, at Scott Holthouse. You can find me on Zanga at Ryan Hughley dot, <laughs> dot, dot web dot Zanga <laughs> dot experience dot com. I had a blog. I did have a blog spot. I was an early adopter. I had a blogger. So it's it was awesome. like Ryan Hughley dot blogger dot com or Doesn't, something like uh, that. What's uh, what's that guy? Um, his name's his name's Seth. He's like a marketing. Godin. Yeah. Doesn't he Seth still Godin. Seth Godin? Doesn't he, he still, still use his typepad or something? Yeah. Hey man. It works. It works for him. So he's had like 15 New York Times bestsellers. So yeah. whatever he's using is working just fine. Yeah, if it ain't broke, I think. It's yeah, I'm on social media too at Ryan Hughley. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, we should be back next week with a new episode. We'll talk to you then.